Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer. His name is Jimmy Corderas. His name is Justin Labar, and it's the WWE Raw Wrestling Inc. after show. And have we got a good one for you. We've got someone taking their first loss ever on the main roster. We've got some more people announced for WrestleMania, and we even got... We even got a bunch of other stuff, too, to get into. But before we get into all of that, let's start with just the hellos. By the way, if you're joining us, make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, and all that good stuff. But, uh, Jimmy, road to WrestleMania. How you feel? We're at the last stop. Yeah, well, pretty much the last stop. Friday, I guess, technically is the last nah. stop. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Friday actually gets kicks things off, doesn't it? Pretty much for WrestleMania weekend. So. Hall of Fame right after. Yeah, it, yeah. exactly. So uh, this is going to be an interesting week. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think SmackDown counts as like the first pre-show of WrestleMania at this point. That's right. I said it. Triple J covers the last show. That's a shot at you guys, SmackDown crew. Justin, how you feeling? You're fired up. You're 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 taking shots at people. You're you're. It's mania season. <laughs> on your way to LA, or I guess you're already in LA. You're already, you're there waiting for everybody. So, now I'm good. I love uh I love I love mania week. Who doesn't? And um, I gotta say we'll we'll get into it tonight. But this was one of the best go home episodes prior to a pay-per-view slash premium live event just on the context of selling the stories and selling the characters and you know again we'll get into it piece by piece but uh, this was you know it's and then and, and i say that that's that I means it was not the most exciting raw and in, in the sense of like on the edge of your seat because you know you're not gonna like what's what's done is done the matches are the, what the matches are so you know all that but this was a good raw this is a good monday this is a good way to kick this off this uh Everything's in place, and hopefully all the guys and girls came out of tonight's Raw uh, without any injury. That's a big thing, too, when you're coming up on Mania. I'll talk about that a little bit later. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Big, big week of podcasting coming up here for on Wrestling Inc. Yeah, you're going to be seeing and hearing a lot from the folks here at Wrestling Inc. over the next few days. But we do have a uh, some news we want to get into before we get into the show. First is news that has been teased for a little bit, but I also think it's good news that I want to get into, and that is that Stacy Keebler is officially entering the WWE Hall of Fame. The rumors are finally true, and Stacy Keebler is Hall of Fame bound. People today confirmed that Keebler will be joining the company of Rey Mysterio, Great Muda, and the late comedian Andy Kaufman as part of the class of 2023 for induction into the Hall of Fame. She said, I never thought I would be in the Hall of Fame, to be honest. I was completely shocked when I got the call. I had tears in my eyes. Uh, she also said that I screamed and tears were in my eyes, and I was completely overwhelmed with just gratefulness. Uh, Justin, uh, we talked about it a little bit before when the rumors started circulating. I think that Stacey Keebler belongs in there. Really one of the first uh, crossover female stars, at least of modern wrestling. Absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, I mean, hell, she dated George Clooney for a while. I mean, how much more crossover do you got to get? But no, seriously. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, somebody, you're really right. This really is kind of, she really is one of the, you know, one of the bigger crossovers in, in, the, in the modern era. Um, you know, I mean, a Baltimore Ravens cheerleader turn Nitro Girl turn, you know, j just there for the sex appeal character of Miss Hancock, which, by the way, as I drive between Pittsburgh uh, and then down to Maryland, D.C., there's a town called Hancock, Maryland. Uh, 
it, it, I, I can't. I'd be lying if I said every time I see the sign for the exit, I don't think of Stacy Keebler. Uh, yeah. But then transitioning <laughs> from that over, to, you know, WWE buys WCW, and 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 no, she wasn't Trish or Lita in that respect in terms of in the ring, but she still carved out her spot. She still had her place, was a crossover to the entertainment genre, did wrestle, did try to you know learn the craft, and was a fan favorite. Uh, and by all accounts, Jimmy would be able to speak to this. But everything I've ever heard, a, a sweetheart of a person, and 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 everybody loved being around her and working with her and sharing airtime with her. So uh, I absolutely agree. I think she deserves. Uh, a place in the hall of fame yeah jimmy do you have any good uh backstage stories about stacy keebler or anything you want to share no well like justin said she was well liked by everybody and she always had that positive attitude and she the only thing was she she kind of had this thing like look i can't perform in the ring like you other girls but you know help me please and she would always ask for advice and she'd always take advice and and she she was a sponge and she did her best. And one of the reasons why she belongs in the Hall of Fame is you talk about recognizable figures. Uh, it, you know, Justin talks about the airport test, you know, a lot all the time about guys when the guys walk through and people go, ooh, that guy is so and so, that guy is so and so. Like when Stacy used to walk through the airport, she got looked at not just because she was a pretty lady, but because they recognize, oh, that's the girl from Raw. That's the girl that uh, you know. That's the, um, the the assistant to the uh, or the manager to the Dudleys when she was with the Dudleys and when she was a test and all that sort of stuff. The only thing I would, uh, uh, she actually apologized afterwards for if you guys remember the infamous gravy bowl match. Uh, mm -hmm. her truly took that dive at the end thanks to uh, Stacy Keebler that back uh, flop not belly flop back flop into the gravy bowl um and she was she felt so bad afterwards she goes, are you okay i'm sorry about that and i'm like are you kidding <laughs> you know what i mean like like i said i always say that the referee's not supposed to get too noticed but at the same time it was kind of a cool moment where hey you know what i've done something that a lot of referees can't say they've done is take a take a plunge into a gravy bowl but uh, back to Stacey <laughs> yes, she definitely deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, like I said, she was so recognizable. And she did uh, one of the things like you talk crossover, Justin, forgot about Dancing with the Stars mm -hmm. and all that side of stuff. But, yeah, she was awesome. She was awesome. Yeah, it's very, very deserving. And I know some people will probably say, what about so-and-so and what about so-and-so? And there's always going to be other people that, we'll say also deserve to go in, but I don't think the fact that one person hasn't gone in yet doesn't mean that Stacey Keebler doesn't deserve it as well. You know what I mean? It doesn't make her less deserving because someone else out there is also deserving. Uh, if that makes sense. And Jimmy, that's pretty cool. I forgot about that. That's pretty cool to, uh, to be able to say you mixed it up in a gravy match with Stacey Keebler, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, <laughs> that's got, that's got, that's got bachelor party shenanigans written, written all over it. Uh, the Barry, uh, yeah. <laughs> the Barry slap that's, that's a uh, yeah, that's a Jimmy. That is a that should put you in the Hall of Fame right <laughs> off the bat. I think. Well, if that's all it takes, my goodness. Also, being the first referee ever to uh, utilize, if as far as I know, instant replay. But that's a story for another time. But anyway. <laughs> if and if and when you go in, that the gravy spot absolutely has to be part of your video montage. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of people getting in and, and some people having trouble getting in, there is some more information coming out about CM Punk and AEW. Uh, of course, there were some 
Instagram posts that uh, Instagram stories that went up and then were taken down quickly. Uh, after that, PW Torch's Wade Keller said that during a during a uh, focus on AEW podcast, he said, "quote The sentiment is he CM Punk. The sentiment is that he's not welcome back. The wrestlers don't want him back. The vast majority of wrestlers don't want him back." Now uh, he went on to say, maybe one or two of the top third of the roster would want him back. And then there's some younger guys who liked him and just thought, Hey, this is the guy I grew up watching. It's cool to have him around. Not a super positive is sounds reaction. To the idea of CM Punk coming back, Jimmy, you've been backstage and you've seen wrestlers um, probably have a lot of disagreements backstage. Is this something that means something or is this like, look, Lots of wrestlers don't get along with each other. This isn't news. This one just feels different because it's so, it's so, you know, polarizing. It seems like I'm not there. Obviously we're not there, so we can't see it uh, live and in living color. But as someone who had been backstage when punk was rubbing people the wrong way back in the WWE, back in the day, I could see the, how he could, you know, create that reaction from some. And it's funny that it seems like more of the uh, bigger stars, more of the more veteran superstars have an issue with him as opposed to the younger stars. The younger stars almost kind of look up to him because uh, a, like you, like we said, he, you know, they watched him when they were younger and maybe admired him at the time, but they're the ones that are kind of like, Oh, cool. This is CM Punk. And this is someone I could talk to and stuff like that. Whereas the other guys that work with him again, this is a business. And a lot of guys put their personal differences aside and say, hey, we can work together, you know, and make some money. And that doesn't seem to be at the top of Punk's priority list, if that makes sense. And so I don't know it, it from what we are hearing. It seems like he's more interested in his own. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, wanting yourself to do well and you look after yourself. But at the same time, in this business, you have to work together. And if you don't work together, then you don't make money. Yeah, Justin, I I firmly am one of these guys. It's like, look, I see these reports and I read them, but I don't pretend I know anything that's going on backstage at AEW. But I do have to say, I think that one of the most important things in all of sports is the locker room chemistry. There's very few times that a team has someone that doesn't get along with everyone else, no matter how good they are in any sport, and it works out long term. That said, if there's any truth to this, and it sounds like people aren't getting along with Punk, whether it's Punk's fault or the Elite's fault or whatever, if someone's not getting along with everybody, you probably shouldn't have them in the locker room, right? Or is that is, am I off base there? No, I mean, I mean, you talk about locker room chemistry. I mean, in sports in general, you, you don't you want to have locker room chemistry so everybody can go out and move in the same direction for the same goal, which is to win and you know win your championship or whatever. But in a wrestling locker room. Uh, chemistry and, and and being on the same page is even more important because you have to rely on each other. You have to trust each other to you know put your bodies on the line and 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 you know go out there and do this physical this physical conflict, make it look good while not legitimately hurting the other person. You know, so mm -hmm. you know if there's issues of trust, that's 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 that's. that's and, and and Jimmy made it mention that uh, you know it seems like it's a lot of the veteran guys, and that's interesting too because that that tells you it's like these are guys that have been around the block a time or two. Um, they're not jaded by start. You know, they're not start. They're not starstruck. They're not one of the you know younger guys who you know as we said grew up 
watching Punk. You know, you're not starstruck. You know, these are guys who are just going to say it like it is. Um, and, and you mentioned about the report, and, and of course, we all acknowledge we're not there. But I, what, but I will point out this report, this this particular report that we're talking about, is coming from Wade Keller. Wade's been, uh, you know, covering pro wrestling for a lot of years with, uh, and Wade doesn't in recent years, from best I've tracked it, uh, Wade doesn't break as much news as maybe he used to. He, he's always commentating, always just kind of covering just whatever's going on. But so for him to kind of come out boldly and kind of report this. That to me tells me if he's if he's doing that that he he firmly believes in the information that he's getting uh, to do that because he's he's just not he just doesn't report as often. So all those things considered, uh, you know, I think it's legit. And then look, it, it, right now as I say this, it's um eleven twenty three Eastern time Monday night tomorrow Tuesday. I don't know when it's going to drop. John Moxley, who was the who a lot of Punk's recent quickly deleted Instagram story comments venom was pointed at was to Moxley. Moxley is going to be on his wife Renee's podcast tomorrow. Again, I don't know when it comes out, but it's coming out tomorrow. And it's being said that he is going to openly address Punk's comments in this and in, 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 in the situation from his perspective. So, if he's going to take time to acknowledge such, again, when there's smoke, there's fire. I'd have to think that is going to be a very highly rated episode i have a feeling for renee's podcast it's already got good ratings renee why can't you pass some love around and let someone else interview john boxley for this one but i get it that's all fair uh and like i said before people think we're taking sides i always say for me if there's truth to this again and and i assume where there's there's some obviously there's something going on but i just feel like even if it's everyone else's fault and cm punk is completely the victim if everyone doesn't like you, then you probably just shouldn't be there. It's even if it's not CM Punk's fault. If it is CM Punk's fault, then I say, then of course you shouldn't be there. But I'm just saying, I don't know. I just think locker room chemistry. Like I said, even in, I always say, even in other sports, even in like football, if you have that prima donna or wide receiver who's the best ever, but they're always thinking about themselves and looking out for themselves and they're difficult and cause problems, it rarely ever pays off for that team. It always ends up with them going, okay, we're going to release him or trade him at the end of the season or whatever. It never really, very rarely works out. I'm sure there's an example where it worked, but usually people regret it in the long, in the long run. Mm -hmm. um, we got, uh, we got, to, oh, uh, T Smitty 3000. Uh, I see your super chat. I am going to comment on that when we get to that part, but I definitely, that's an interesting take. Thank you so much for putting that in there. Let's get into this episode. Before we do though, again, one more time, like, comment, share, subscribe, five-star review. Uh, if you have anything you want to see more of or less of, also let us know. We uh, actually on the uh, AEW review got a comment about leaving the comments up on the screen longer. I was very bad about what I do is I read them, put them up, and then I read the next one. And when I'm done reading the next one, I switch it. But I don't think everyone else hasn't read the first one. I'm bouncing them around too quick. So I'm going to try to make sure I keep those up longer. Uh, Though you could be nicer about that comment if you don't mind me saying so. You're a little bit of a jerk when he made the feedback. But uh, I'm feisty today. It's WrestleMania. But there you go. But hey, it's constructive feedback. Fair enough. I'll do it. But leave a comment. Uh, also, let us know the stuff you love. If you're in the chat, you know how it goes. Adam Staples, Rocky. We got Jane coming through. George Bartley. Uh, Tommy O. Jeroy J. Dion. Sev Baby Ice. Uh, 
Cindric Cruz. We got Zook Enigma coming through. And T. Smitty, as we mentioned, the Jif King, Dylan Matthews. Ronaldo coming through. We got Ethan Cruz. Sergio as well. We got a good crew coming through. Sky High. Uh, Bernie DC, everyone's coming through. Stalking you. I always like to give you a shout out. You always give us a little dog emoji. You don't even know what that means, but I like to highlight yeah. it for you. Um, that does it. Rocky, uh, by the way, is 99 tonight. Just so you know, this is in reference to on Twitter. I let everyone know that if you're going to make my character in the WWE game, my stats are 99 across the board. I just want people to make it realistic and accurate so that when they play as me, they have it right. There's no um, way the video game can duplicate your hair. They, they no. haven't gotten that technology yet. The hair is always <laughs> bad in video games. <laughs> uh, let's get into this show. We start with Ms. TV, and it's with Becky Lynch, and she's coming out. Well, Becky Lynch and friends. Uh, she's just stewing for a chance to beat up damage control. And speak of the devil, they show up, and they have a conversation. Becky's angry, and Bailey says her team is doing nothing. Uh they have a match, Becky Lynch versus EO Sky. Pretty competitive, uh, but Becky gets the win as we'd expect them to. Jimmy, uh, thoughts on this opening segment? Did it help sell this match for you? I know this was kind of one of the rivalries we were a little not as excited about. Did this help you at all? It it added a little bit more to it, but I, you know, it's it almost like as soon as you saw that, uh, you know, that uh, Becky and the Hall of Famers were going to be on Ms. TV, something was going to brew there. And when they came out, it's a dead giveaway because here you have uh, Trish and Lita in basically, for lack of a better term, street clothes, and Becky's dressed to wrestle. <laughs> and then damage control comes out and uh, uh, it's EO who's, you know, dressed to wrestle. You know? And I'm like, OK, this is going to as soon as they come out, uh, maybe it's me. But as soon as they come out, I know this is going to lead to a confrontation. There's going to be a match. Yeah. And, you know, like sometimes you don't need to have that match, but it, it it does help to have that match. But did it have to happen right away? Yeah, it kind of makes sense too. leading, you know, having their discrepancy and having it go. But the dead giveaway with the with the um, the attire, like at least if they'd have said before the before the show, you know, a member of this team is going to face a member of this team. We'll find out who tonight or something, anything. Justin, I'd love your thoughts on that, but also something rubbed me the wrong way about Becky Lynch's promo here. I know Becky's a fan favorite. Everyone loves her. Um, I always feel like I'm a little critical of her, but I get it. Everyone likes her, but she, this is what bothered me is they start and, you know, Bailey's like you two are jokes and they say, look, we're not jokes. We're relevant. We have the tag team championships. That makes us pretty relevant. And then the next thing Becky says is, EO Sky and Dakota Kai have been doing nothing. You're nothing. They were just the tag team champions until recently. It feels a little bit like, are, are the tag team championships relevant or are they not relevant? It's kind of throwing dirt on our own team, right? Well, no, it's a, it's a fair uh, question. I mean, uh, you know, there, there, there's the classic, you know, uh, fine line that you walk, the balance you have to walk when you're cutting a promo that you, you know, want to cut a promo and I, but you also can't. You don't want to just bury your opponent in in the process because then otherwise it's like, what's the point? So there's a, there's a, there's a line to be that had there. You know, I did write down that this was an interesting choice. That this of all matches is what they decided to put in the opening spot of this go home episode of Raw. You know, we know the open. You know, the opening segments usually do some of the better viewership. You know, earlier in the night, that's just the way that the, the, the viewership uh, habits uh, trend to be. 
Um, so it was a choice to do this. Um, I do think maybe in hindsight, the thought is, look, this this does need a little bit more. This does need a little bit more oomph, for, for lack of a better adjective, mm-hmm. to uh, get behind it. So let's put it up in the open. I don't know if it made me that any, any more enticed for this six-woman uh, tag match at Mania. But uh, it was nice to see Becky get fired up and, and get emotional in her promo. But like you said, yeah, you know, it, it's there. I, I, I don't know what I'm expecting out of this. I don't know if I'm like I, I don't know what I'm expecting because you ha- you do you do have the Hall of Famers with the titles, so like, well, or at least half of them, Lita and, and yeah. Becky. So like, I, I don't know what I'm expecting out of this. I don't know if I'm expecting triumph at Mania and then like a backstab on Raw and and go into a singles. Feud. I don't know what I'm really expecting out of this. Uh, but I've been pretty critical of damage control. Still am that it just has not uh, grabbed me the way that I, the way that it should. Yeah, Jimmy, we got a comment on Twitter, and we I'm also seeing it all over the chat here. Uh, but at Budweiser one nine eight zero one two says <laughs> asks if we could mention during the podcast that if we watched Trish's mannerisms, it looked like she possibly foreshadowing a heel turn on Becky and Lita. Uh, with the burn-off match coming at SummerSlam, maybe. Just want to hear your thoughts from the crew. Jimmy, uh, do you think we could see a Trish Stratus turning on Lita and Becky situation? It's obviously very possible. And maybe, yes, there was a little bit of body language tonight uh, from Trish, maybe planting a little bit of a seed. But at the same time, I don't know if this crowd would buy into a heel Trish at this Mm -hmm. time. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of like one of those deals where, yeah, she did this, but it's Trish Stratus. You know, she's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. She got dissed by these two. And one of them is supposed to be a fellow Hall of Famer and friend. So uh, I don't know if a heel Trish would work right now. Yeah. I mean, who wants to boo Trish Stratus? Who wants to boo yeah. Lita? I mean, the, the, the Hall of Fame credentials... Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to sound shallow here, but I'm just, I'm just calling, I'm calling. It, they both look like a million bucks. They, they, st- they, 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 they look the same as they did 20 years ago. And I just mean as a compliment, they just, they've just yeah. aged like fine wine. You know, I mean, they just, they're there. They come. She, Trish comes out. She's Trish. Lita comes out. She's Lita. So I don't know who wants to boo them. If anything, I guess the only argument I could say is like maybe Lita and Becky, like maybe, maybe something happens and maybe causing Becky to want to turn on one of them but like becky's your one of your hottest full-time regular female baby faces so why would you take that out of your arsenal so yeah i don't know i I, that's what i mean i'm not really sure what i'm expecting to get out of this uh and where we go post mania yeah we'll have to see um again it's surprising that this isn't a hotter matchup considering all the people involved because i feel like both casual fans and internet fans love so many people involved in this thing. So it is interesting that it feels a little, hmm. eh, but maybe it's just because everything else is doing so much, so much good stuff. We got a super chat here from John Jordan who chimes in and says, Hey guys, it just dawned on me that when I join in on the fun, triple J becomes <laughs> uh Penta J. Uh, is that right? Uh, J, 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 J. If, if you had to predict biggest mania surprise, what would it be? Uh, John, we're going to actually do, I should have posed this at the top. What kind of host am I? We're doing our WrestleMania predictions at the end of the show. And 
this is the only place I'm going to say my WrestleMania predictions. You're not going to see them on Twitter. You're not going to see them uh, on any other shows. I'm only giving my WrestleMania predictions here tonight at the end of the show. We're going to go through the whole card and we'll let you know our big surprise there. So uh, make sure to stay tuned uh, for that. I have a quick thing I just want to go to. We had a couple of video packages, one for Oscar, one for Bianca Belair. And I just thought these were so cool. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts. Uh, Jimmy, I want to start with you and... I don't want to make this a comparison thing because it's just unfair, especially a week before WrestleMania. But these videos, I was thinking, this is kind of what AEW needs for some of their guys and girls who like, because you can't get everyone on every week. But if you had these kind of videos just saying, you know, Wardlow, I'd be like, oh, yeah, Wardlow's awesome. No, absolutely. It's one of the things that WWE does so well is these promotional videos, especially leading up to WrestleMania. They get people enticed and wanting to see, like, for example, I've been uh, one of my complaints for these this match between Bianca and Asuka is the build to the match on television. I'm thinking they haven't really drawn me in. Yes, I'm not worried about them having a good match. I feel that they're going to have a a barn burner and have Mm -hmm. a hell of a hell of a showing at WrestleMania. But give me a story, give me a reason, give me some back. These videos did more tonight than what we've saw the last few weeks, because it's it's right in their wheelhouse. It's what one of the things they do best. Yeah, Justin, any comments on these uh, hype videos? No, I agree. You know, I teased earlier tonight. I said this is one of the best go home episodes just in general before a pay per view slash premium premium live event, and part of it is the way they these they did these videos. You know, both look good, especially you know, Bianca's showing the the photos of her as a uh, a collegiate athlete. But I, I'd argue to say Oscar's gotten really good ca- crowd reaction since she came back, right? But I the video and then having the the, the testimonials basically from other superstars putting over Oscar, this video might have done more in that sixty or ninety seconds, however long it was, might have done more in that succinct time to remind you how good Asuka is dating back to her NXT days mm-hmm. than any any other match or any promo or anything. I mean, so this, uh, the videos tonight consistently were a, a great hit. And and, and I, I agree with you. I, not, not to make this a what WWE does, what AEW does thing, but I, I agree. AEW you know, combats the issue of having a lot of good talent and interesting talent, but hard to develop all of them, hard to give them all TV time. Um, I do think if they can if they can find ways to do more of these type of video, pa- even if the video packages just go out on their socials sometimes, yeah, it, it just might be uh, better than not. Yeah, I agree. WWE is like I said, it's a little unfair. WWE is just so good at these videos and these um, these types of things. Um, but we'll have to, uh, yeah, we'll it's, it's 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 where you can say WWE has decades of a head start. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I said. And again, we're going into mania. So again, this isn't me trying to really compare. I don't want this. uh, Like you said, Justin, it's not a compare thing. It's just a looking at that like, man, if they could throw those in every now and again and just say, by the way, here's the Mm -hmm. Lucha Brothers. You'd go, oh, yeah, the Lucha Brothers. Yeah, great. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a compare. It could just simply be, you know, I want I'm watching AW. I want this wrestling to be as good as possible too. Mm -hmm. just. Mm -hmm. Let me under let, educate me more on the talent by doing something like this. You don't have to trot them out there for a match. Just give them, yeah. you know, if if they have great video clips that they're doing on Dark and Elevation and, and Rampage, things that not as many people are watching. Well, you can incorporate them into a ninety second promo uh, video yeah. vignette about them. And that's it exactly. You could do a minute, a minute ninety seconds, and j- do the job that a five minute segment can yeah. do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe even more. Well, there's so many people that will be off TV for a while and then they come back and you're like, why should I care about this person? They haven't been on TV in three months. Right. But then if you're getting those little videos every now and again, you're like, oh yeah, this is the person they've been hyping up. Like if, mm-hmm. if you do like three of those for Sean Spears over the next month, then he has a match you're like, oh sweet, Sean Spears. I remember Sean Spears. He's awesome. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, so we get Seth Rollins and he's cutting a promo, but positive Ali... <laughs> Oh, I got so silly, but it makes me grin every time he interrupts Rollins. And so he says, Hey, I'll give you a match. Pretty cool. Uh, match is pretty simple, pretty dominant post-match Rollins cuts a promo and says that he, if he can't beat Logan Paul, then Logan Paul isn't the joke. Seth Rollins is, uh, and then he runs through all the way Logan Paul has wronged him. Justin, I thought that this, the match was what, what it was, but I think, one of the things that makes Seth Rollins great is how he suddenly made this match with Logan Paul seem so much more important with just a few simple words. Like, if I don't win, I'm a joke. Yeah, no, I agree. And, um, and you know, Phoenix was a pretty good crowd tonight, but they were really behind Seth and the, you know, engaging with his song. And uh, he he definitely, you know, going into the new WWE calendar year, he's definitely up there on the top faces. Obviously, Cody kind of leads the way right and then you, know, you have sammy and kevin and but i mean cody's there too so, or uh, actually uh seth's there too um yeah I, I thought the promo was effective and uh, and then i i do want to say i know it's kind of goofy but the positively you know the positive volley like that actually and then you know the way he was dressed like it, it's kind of nice to see maybe some hints of like some some depth you know some flavor Mm-hmm. being added to him because you know obviously post uh failed retribution uh attempts you know he's just been the guy who was pretty good in the ring but he's just kind of come off as just he just whined whether he's a heel or a face he just kind of whined that he deserves mm-hmm. more uh at least now the whining kind of comes with a spin of you know the po- yeah, I, I i thought it was good i i don't i don't know if you know i don't know if it was a pitch from him or a pitch from the writers or what or if they're going to continue on with it but i i would like to see this kind of developed a little bit more it kind of gave me some hope that he can uh stand out and 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 be what you need to be which is you know okay you can be a great belt to belt performer that's that's everybody who's here is probably a pretty good belt to belt performer but yeah you know how can i describe you to my friend who i'm bringing to the show for the first time and get them excited about you yeah it's something something my pal evan mack would always say like it's the wwe everyone is good in the ring they don't hire people that aren't good in the right. ring to be on right. raw <laughs> Like you're already good if you're there, but yeah, I I love what you're saying about Ali because, and Jimmy, I want to send this to you. I always think that it's what you can be the kind of quiet, good wrestler, but it's better to, you sort of have to go overboard with your character and then pull it back to where you want to be, as opposed to being too muted, if that makes sense. And you look at like a Chad Gable who he went over the top with his shush and everything, and now he's able to slowly let it settle into I'm a good wrestler who also has a character. Yeah, because over the top does work in certain situations. And and that's one of the things about this business that's interesting. You have to, like you said, you have to gauge the crowd. You have to know when to, to when to go into that over the top character. You see somebody like a Seth Rollins out there doing all that crazy stuff going over the top with this character, and the crowd is loving it. But not everybody can get that reaction from the crowd doing that sort of thing. So you have to gauge it. And that's what the good thing is about wwe right now going back to the live events slash house shows is that's where you start getting a feel from the live crowd what's working and what's not 
Mm-hmm. And when you have that ability, that's another thing that uh, uh, I wish AEW would be able to do a little more often. Yes, they had their house rules recently, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if they could get that uh, their talent out in front of a live audience that's not on TV and try out different things and see what seems to be resonating with the audience, uh, maybe that would help them as well. Now, back to, to Positive Ali, I agree with Justin. I think a little bit work here. Let them play with it a little bit. And you can have a lot of fun with this and maybe uh, get people more interested than, uh, well, we'll get the Baron Corbin, but same sort of thing. And and for someone like Seth Rollins to be over the way he is, how many wins has he had in the last few months? Uh, on pay-per-views, per Raj Giri, he's only won one at one premium live events since the last WrestleMania and he lost at that WrestleMania. So, right. Uh, and, Oh my God, is that true? I mean, Raj Geary oh. said it, so it's gotta be true. Okay. So, wow. so there you go. There, there you go with what we say. It was Matt Riddle for those wondering. Yeah, you don't have to go over to get over. And Seth knows how to get over and he's over big time. That and was hopefully, my, sorry. And hopefully yeah, a little bit of adjusting with Ali, same sort of thing. Yeah, it's the same. I I was saying that on Twitter when I saw that Raj post is that that's just how good Seth Rollins is, is that he's beyond wins and losses. He can can do no wrong at this point. But he's also one of those guys that his character was completely over the top and he was cackling and totally everywhere. But now that it's gotten working, you can see him settling in. He doesn't laugh as much as he used to. And he's sort of settling into what this is but he started really high and then settled into it and i'm hoping that's what mm-hmm. ali is doing here right. uh we get to the omos brock lesnar weigh-in omos is over 400 pounds and then absolutely bullies brock lesnar here uh we get the first time justin i think i've ever seen brock lesnar look concerned about an opponent yeah, I'm gonna say it again. This this does not uh, this this does not and should not be a long match. Uh, probably five minutes, bell to bell max. Doesn't need to be long, but I, I I and I know that we've talked about it in past episodes. Omos was Brock was not the first choice for Brock. It's not like this has not been penciled in since no- November, hmm. but it is what we're doing here. Uh, I appreciate having a fresh name across the ring from Brock at Mania, and I appreciate the idea of. Uh, as Jimmy's saying, you know, you don't have to go over to get over that, that, you know, let, all right, let's, let's let Brock start, you know, even more giving back and helping, you know, give back to, to the, to the next generation. And, you know, tonight that it was a 22nd back and forth physical altercation between the two. Um, but there was oohs and ahs when contact was made by both of them. If you look, go back and look everybody's on their feet everybody's phones are out like that and there was an intensity you you felt it it, it, it there was a, a, a palpable intensity that you could you like oh wow like this is this is i i am going into this mania with high hopes that they're going to keep this short and sweet i'll give my prediction of who wins later at the end of the show but i think that by the metric of of what it needs to be which is just intensity and memorable I think it's going to do the job. I, I do think this thing is going to is going to outperform many people's maybe mediocre expectations to this. I really do. So that's that's my I, call. I agree, and I think it, they're very different than how they'll go. But I think this will be very much the jackass match this year, where a lot of people are like, "This is going to be so dumb." But then when it happened, it was super fun. People loved it, and it was a good time. 
again, I don't think there's going to be a giant mouse trap, but I also, uh, I think it'll be the one that surprises a lot of people. Jimmy, uh, my question for you is because again, I like asking you the questions because you've been backstage, you've seen things in person. A lot of times people will, you know, in wrestling, sometimes we fudge the numbers on size and height. So I want to ask you in your opinion, now that I've seen Omos holding that big weight scale, who's bigger, Omos or Crash Holly? Oh my goodness, that's a close one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give the slight edge to Omos. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him holding that there and I was like, oh, that takes me back. <laughs> Tremendous. Tremendous. Uh, uh, we got a we got a super chat here from T Smitty 3000, one of my favorite kinds. And it is I was at Raw tonight and the crowd was hot for Cody. Kids love Omos. Kids behind me were yelling, the giant man is here. <laughs> uh so interesting. See, I yeah, was... I mean, again, we, you know, it's it's easy to get caught up in in Twitter world, uh, where more active Twitter wrestling fans are, you know, again, more concerned about work rate and 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 things like that, and and are so are such fans that they forget they don't know how to look at it through the eyes of a child or through the eyes of a casual fan or whatever. But uh, you know, to, but to to, to T Smitty's uh, point, you know that's pretty cool. When, when we have kids there who they don't, they're not reading Twitter. They don't know all the minutia of work rate and the fact that they don't know that Omos is green. They're just there to have a good time and react and, and, and to whatever they feel. And they see a they they see a guy who's seven foot three legitimately, um, and, and who can make Brock Lesnar look like an average man just on the, on the, you know, that's, that's something that, I mean, I, I mean, mm-hmm. that's something that, that, and, and then I've heard, and again, Jimmy jump in if you've heard anything like this too, but I, you know, I, I've read interviews and, and heard things of like people like the undertaker, uh, you know, people even like the big show before he, he left to go to AW big guys saying they've, they've talked with Omos. They've, 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 they they believe in him, saying this guy's got some potential. He needs he needs the right nurturing and, and care along the way, but he's he's got potential. He you know he's somebody worth investing the time and energy in to try to make him be the best possible big man he could be at seven foot three. Yeah, I always say watch wrestling with kids and you'll see it totally differently yeah. than mm-hmm. than how a lot of us jaded fans who have watched forever see it because they yeah they're not thinking about all the other stuff. They're just, what's my shock and awe. What's cool. Like they're unfiltered and it's just, it's one, it's also more fun. I think, cause you really mm. see it from a joyful perspective and it's like, this is wrestling. so fun to watch when there's kids around cause they're totally into it. Um, yeah. It's yeah. A, it, and, and like you said, Justin, we saw that or, or Jack, you, we saw that look on Brock's face that we don't see very often. Yeah. We're yeah. Hey, what am I getting? Am I getting myself into something? You know, the uh, he he showed actually more confidence going into the match with Undertaker at WrestleMania where he ended the streak than he did tonight because he looked confident coming in, but they changed that. They switched it. They got people going, hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea because a lot of people, you know, didn't know what to make of Omos, but after watching him tonight, if they take their time and they tell a good story, which I believe they will, this could surprise a lot of people. Um, We got a a super chat from Rodimus, who I saw was asking about places to eat while around uh, WrestleMania. If you're going to be there and we bump into each other, come grab a picture with me. 
I always say this one you're in L you're there's going to be tons of places. There's going to be places all over to, to eat and drink or whatever. My recommendation is find the one that's packed and busy and just full of people. The one that looks like everyone's there. And I know a lot of people are like oh, it's going to take forever to get food or to get a drink or whatever. Those are the fun places, the places where you're going to have people bumping into your shoulders and everything. Everyone's going to be super pumped about pro wrestling. Everyone's going to be talking about it. Uh, find the busy places and pack into those. I think those are the most fun places to go wherever it is. Um, plus if it's packed, it usually means it's good. It's good. There's very few dumps that are packed. Uh, so Rhea Ripley, she has a promo and she reminds, she says she doesn't need to be reminded that every week that, uh, Charlotte is a 14 time champion. Uh, and it's going to be Charlotte's legacy versus Rhea's destiny. Jimmy, I love that phrasing. It just sounds so cool. Uh, does she sound a little different to you when she's not with judgment day though? Uh, maybe a little bit. You can, you kind of get a sense that she doesn't need the other, uh, the gang around her, so to speak, but uh, she came off sounding very confident. It was a heck of a promo. And actually, again, on the final Monday going into WrestleMania got me at least a little more interested in this match. And, and we'll get to the predictions later as, mm -hmm. as you said, but uh, um, I am again, here's another match that I, I wish had a better build leading up to it, but I'm confident that this match is going to deliver as well. Yeah, Justin, this one is really kind of just hanging on the, Charlotte is Charlotte. Rhea is Rhea. One is a champion. One won the Rumble. Not the most in crazy build, but I think with these two, it works. What say you? Yeah, it's not the most interesting build. And again, they fought each other before. I think all of this is just hanging on. We are all just waiting for Rhea's coronation that she has arrived at the Rhea Ripley character that is going to carry her forward in her career that's going to make her a potential hall of famer down the line she has you know this past year you could argue she is wrestler of the year in the wwe world uh to me we're going into this to watch her perform become champion and move into the next phase uh all great i'm a huge Rhea fan as i say it every week part of that also to me is why i'm like i don't I don't I don't know if I want to see this be the main event of night one. We know the main event of night two is going to be Cody and Roman. Mm -hmm. It's still up it's still up for debate what's going to headline. We we also know what's going to start night one. Cena in theory is going to start night one, which, which we'll get to. So what ends night one, you know, there's, there's argument that it could be this because it's a title match and let's get the women in a main event as well. But I, I still argue you got this tag team title story, which we'll talk about later that to me and the synergy of having the bloodline main event both nights and having these record title reigns uh on the line but that all that being said yeah build's not the greatest but i'm just i'm just tuning in to watch Rhea hold that title up high and the pyro to go off yeah that'll be a that'll be a great moment uh, we we move on and we get to Street Profits and Ricochet and Braun Strowman versus Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders. It's the return of the Can They Coexist match, and boy, <laughs> have I missed these. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, fun one, fun finish. Uh, Maxine watches on, I guess, is the only real story beat here. Any takeaways? No, not much, except, you know, again, trying to 
add some hype to this uh, fatal four-way mat- tag match that's going on at WrestleMania on one of the nights. So I, I'm not sure if they mentioned which nights it's going to be on. But, uh, yeah, just a lot of fun, a lot of chaos, and a lot going on, and just trying to get everybody, you know, uh, some airtime, let's put it that way, heading into heading into this weekend. Yep. Uh, Justin, any any key, key thoughts on this one? Nothing, nothing to add. Yeah. <laughs> well... This next bit here got a lot of people talking on Twitter for reasons I don't think are necessarily good. And it's the Austin Theory promo in front of an empty arena. A lot of people saying this gave them pandemic flashbacks. <laughs> but uh, it was, a, it was a, a spirited choice, as my friend Flobo would say, uh, to do it in an empty arena. But I do think it was an interesting point. Theory saying, I'm here with no one else here because I'm doing it for me. I'm not doing it for them. Uh, Justin, do you think Austin Theory is living up to what he needs to for this caliber of a matchup? I think so, especially when he's only going to have had, once this match comes on Saturday, he's only going to have had one in-person interaction with John Cena. They got John for that that one night where the start of this at the beginning of the month. That's all they got. So basically, it's up to Austin Theory to sell the match week to week. Uh, granted, I mean, how much selling do you have to do that you're going against John Cena and John, you know, basically at this point has maybe a match a year. So mm-hmm. you have to go, but but I, I think Austin Theory has done as much as he could. And I, again, I go back to what I started with, the, the, the go-home show tonight and the quality of, of selling me on the event. We've got the video packages that we talked about. We've had some in-ring stuff that we just talked about with Omos and, and Brock. I thought this was a great choice. They could have just had Austin Theory come out and do the pro- – he could have done the same promo in front of the crowd. They would have got some what chance. They would have booed him. You know, whatever. But I thought this was a nice touch, and 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 he explained it in such a uh, – he explained it in a, in a great way that, that furthered his heel character, furthered the story of why he's doing it in front of nobody in that arena. Uh, I thought this was a great touch. Um, yeah, I, I, I think all things considered, Austin Theory has has, has done his job uh, for what's being asked of him. A lot of pressures on him, but I have to believe when this match comes to kick off WrestleMania, um, it's going to be a hot crowd. I got to think John Cena is going to have done everything possible in the prep and in the in-ring calling it out there to make this kid the, the biggest star possible yeah jimmy i want to transition in some way to mention like uh maybe the fans were there but he couldn't see them or something but i can't think of a good one so i'll just move on to uh you've been backstage again you've seen these big shows happen uh do you think john cena is opening the show because they want to just kick it off with a big name main event or type of main event type matchup that's going to get people pumped or does john cena just want to go home early no, I think I think uh, a, I know, and uh, I have a feeling John Cena is not going to go home early. He's probably going to stick around a little bit because John does love this. But uh, yeah. maybe before the final match is over, just to kind of sneak out. But uh, uh, this is like Justin said, this was a nice little added touch to the thing because he gave us reasons why he was there in an empty arena. He's not doing it for the fans; he's doing it for himself. Whereas John mm-hmm. Cena needs the crowd he doesn't need the crowd and that draws the lines and that you know there's the division and he did something in the promo tonight by doing that 
which will fuel fire for the audience going in. I think mm -hmm. you might get, I'm not going to say it's going to be Hogan rock moment, but you may get a very interesting moment when they go face to face to open up WrestleMania and that crowd may get louder than we have heard them in a long time. And that was all because of that promo tonight and what he said, because he's giving mm -hmm. people reasons to want to boo him. Yeah. And I was just teasing about the John Cena comment. I'm sure he's oh, going to hang out. Um, uh, Adam Pierce is just trying to do his job and Baron Corbin is trying to get some help. And of course, then Chelsea shows up and she wants to be in the tag team match at Mania. So she needs a partner and Sonya Deville is there. So they team up to take on Mia Yim and Candice LeRae. Uh, match goes back and forth after a brief distraction from the, by the ref. Uh, Chelsea and so Sonya get the win and they are going to be in that fatal four way at Mania. Uh, Jimmy, this was something we, we talked about earlier. Characters are important to have, people that stand out. And it really stood out to me in this match, Chelsea Green and having this character that is kind of over the top, easy for us to digest and know who she is. And when she was in this match with these other very talented wrestlers, to me, she stood out the most because of that character. But what, what are your thoughts on this match and obviously them going on to Mania? Uh, the match is fine and th them going on to Mania is okay. I, I don't mind that because there is a history there with Sonya Deville and, and Adam Pearce and, and what's going on and that sort of stuff. But you said something else that's very interesting to me is you had some talented women in that ring who can go but the one who drew your attention was the one with the best character. Mm -hmm. And again, that goes to show you that for diehard, hardcore wrestling fans, you know, and I haven't used this term once. Yeah, they love the twisting, burning 450 hammer Phoenix splash. I haven't used that yet tonight, so I had mm -hmm. to throw it in there. But it's about getting people invested in you. Yeah. Not just what you can do. And that's what Chelsea is doing really well right now so am i interested in the fatal four-way match of mania eh, you know if to be honest with you it feels like filler but at the same time when you get characters like that involved it makes you go hmm curious to see what she does there mm -hmm. and yeah that's I mean, at least something yeah i mean to jimmy's point i you know i mean if you've watched chelsea on impact like you know she does great character work I'm 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 going into this fatal four-way tag team match. I'm more interested in seeing how Chelsea and they're doing this, you know, Karen storyline. I'm more interested to see how she interacts and deals with Ronda Rousey and 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 you know like and, and Shayna Baszler, like how she, you know, the 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 killers and, and the legit, you know, MMA, you know, fighters and this. Like I'm more interested to see how she's gonna you know chicken shit her way out of that like i mean that's what i'm mm -hmm. going i mean i'm i'm watching her probably more than i'm watching anybody else in that match and that's pretty impressive considering the number of women that are in that match yeah uh, and i think that, that's a cool talented to ones too and that's a kudos to her and it's a kudos to the commitment uh you know by the writers by the just the, by the bookers to have her featured each week because look let's 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 call it let's let's call it like it is Previously, the past couple of years, prior to the, what we've seen now, it would have not been surprising to see this Chelsea Green, you know, uh, may I speak to the manager character, on for two weeks, off for four, back on for two, 
but they've consistently, you know, and that's been that that that's gone a long way, I think, uh, up to this point, relatively speaking. So that's what I'm looking forward to most um, mm-hmm. in that match. Yeah, even those little like five second, you know, her on the phone with Adam Pierce saying she's in the wrong city and complaining about it <laughs> keeps it going. You don't need a bunch of time, but like, oh, okay, I remember her. But um, just a great example of character being super important here. Uh, Damian Priest takes on Rey Mysterio and uh, Dominic calls Rey a deadbeat dad and he wishes Eddie was his dad, uh, which was a big line there. Uh, we get to the match and it ends when Dom attacks Rey, costing Damian the match. Uh, it looks like they're about to remove his mask, but then Legado del Fantasma comes out to make the save. Uh, Justin, I thought this was just... I love, I love your thoughts on booking because uh, with this, at least, I'd love your thought because I thought it was brilliant. You protect Damian Priest. He doesn't take a pin. Uh, at the same time, Rey Mysterio feels like he was going to win mm-hmm. and he gets the win, but Damian doesn't feel like he loses. Uh, kind of just a great way. And Dom looks like a jerk because he attacked Ray. It kind of was a perfect scenario. Yeah, all corners were protected um, to, to, to expand on what you said here. You know, Priest is the one guy in Judgment Day who doesn't have a match at uh, Mania. Mm-hmm. So this was at least good that it, it doesn't, you know, th- that was good. Um, Dom's just getting such heat. I I can't wait to see, you know, seventy five thousand people in SoFi g- giving that heel heat to Dom and whatever he does or says against his father. And I think this is the first ever father son match at WrestleMania. I think so in thirty nine so. years in thirty nine years in thirty nine years of Mania. It's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, that. Um, I, mean, I can't help but. But 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 as you asked me for booking, God, I, I I can't help but think, and I think it's just because she's contractually can't. Too bad Vicky Guerrero is not contractually available. She would have been a gem to insert into this. Um, yeah, and then finally, um, the, to 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 have Legado del Fantasma come. Out. You know, I think that's that's kind of, again that, that that's just another good showing of 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 the booking philosophy in it right now is you have this, you have this trio faction that represents Lucha Libre and that's just a small, innocent thing that can help them. And even no matter what happens, what, no matter whether Don wins or Ray wins, our predictions are coming soon. Mm-hmm. No matter who wins, you can then carry on some weeks of live events of having Legata to have them with Ray versus Judgment Day. Or yeah, you could do some things just to get them on, just to get them out there and get some reps and get some, you know, get some rubs um on TV or not on TV. And so it just makes sense. It's just utilizing everybody. I thought this was all all that tonight in the build to Ray versus Dom, all was very well done. Yeah. Uh, Bernie DC with the fact check here. Vince versus Shane at Mania. Oh, oh, okay. oh God. And, Bernie, and I was there for that one. God, Bernie, you make me sound like an idiot. Well, I guess. I, so I guess. Uh, yes. I worked the show. Vince and Shane. I worked the show. Yeah. And I, Justin, how do you not have every single match from all 38 previous WrestleManias memorized? That's my first Mania. I should have known. I, <laughs> I guess when I think Vince versus Shane, I don't think Father versus Son. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, there was there was a lot on that Mania though. It was seventeen. You know, the TLC, the infamous TLC mm-hmm. match was there. And, uh, well, so so pretty good company. If that yeah. happened, that happened in 2000, 2001. So if twenty two years later you're the next Father Son and your competition is Vince versus Shane, 
which which had a lot of storylines in that as well. Trish Tr- Stratus in there, uh, you know, Linda's comatose and stands up, and uh, so you know, Ray Ray and Dom have a have a have a good good bit of company to follow here. What a what a time to be a wrestling fan that was. Um, we got the quick announcement for the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Uh, Jimmy, I thought this was just a fun way to kind of show some names who are going to be in it. Simple, right. effective. Yeah, and and I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is going on on Friday. Um, I thought it was at Mania. Maybe it is Friday. Is it? Is, oh no, it's goodness. Friday on SmackDown. It's Friday oh. on SmackDown, so... Oh, yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like a pre WrestleMania thing, but still, at least they're bringing it back and it gets some names out there and some people some some FaceTime. Yep. Uh, Justin, any thoughts on the Battle Royal and uh, maybe just quick thoughts on the KO Zania promo that happened as well backstage? Uh, promo is great. Again, we'll get to them mm-hmm. in a second. Yeah, the Battle Royal is going on at SmackDown. We, you can see and it's on Twitter that the the somebody is freeze framed the camera shot. It does list every single person that's in it. There's no surprise. It's all just kind of people that have been left off the car. Otherwise, the biggest name to, to note and that he was featured in the segment tonight is Bobby Lashley, who, of course, looked like he was going to have a match with Bray. That's not going to happen. So we'll be watching to see what transpires. You know, Bobby's certainly been a guy who's been a good soldier. Um, they wanted to give a Mania match. He doesn't have a Mania match. So I'll be interested to see, like, does he win this Battle Royal? does is something that he does carry over into a segment on one of the nights of mania um do they make the andre battle royal winner mean something now in this new creative regime do you win it does that mean you get like a uh, an intercontinental or u.s title shot i you know so i'll be watching to see if they make it mean something because it right. certainly has become a, a pre-show you know tagline of oh you're not good enough to you're not good enough to have a singles match or tag match, so we're just going to lump you into this thing. Yeah. Um, so it's a bummer. For, there's there's a couple guys on there. Yeah, Bobby and a few other people. I was kind of bummed out he's not. They're not on WrestleMania, but that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, Walter versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Walter. Gunther. Gunther. Oh my goodness! I was so. Good. Why did I write that? Oh my god! I've been so good about calling him Gunther this whole time. That was a a real mistake. That wasn't a protest <laughs> name. Uh, but uh, Guther versus Dolph Ziggler, Jimmy, uh, Walter, uh, Gunther wins pretty handedly here. Uh, yeah. Dolph Ziggler just zigging along. Of course, <laughs> it's zigging along. It's selling like a champ for to make the guy look like a monster, and that's that was the whole idea for this match: is to make him look like a like an, uh, for lack of a better term, indestructible force heading into that three way mm-hmm. match. And who better than Dolph Ziggler to, you know, like what a selling machine he is. And, you know, that first chop he took yeah, looked like he got, oh, my goodness, the way he sold that was incredible. So, um, you know, obviously we like Dolph Ziggler. We'd like to see more more of him on on an upward swing. But at the same time, he's been there a long time. And there's a reason why he's been there a long time is because he makes others look great. Yeah. That's what I wrote down. Uh, I said... Yeah, you know, the, the 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 physical transformation from Walter to Gunther. Um, I know the name change was under Vince's regime. Vince, you know, he mm-hmm. wanted Gunther, not Walter. But it is kind of interesting that, like, if you look at Walter, he was a bigger guy. He was not as whatever. 
Gunther is shredded. He is ripped. He is all muscle. There is no fat. So I do think there's something to to the here's the Walter career. Now here's the Gunther transformation. And I wrote it down. The chops. You know, he might be. He might actually look smaller, but it's just that he's more trim. He's more, you know. Um, you see this. You see those chops in the opening to Dolph. It reminds me this guy is still a hard hitting guy. Um, I have my eye on him as we move into the new year on the WWE calendar. Uh, and again, I'll get in my, we'll get into predictions here in a moment, but I have my eye on Gunther's placement on the roster uh, mm-hmm. because he's he's doing all the things right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as far as the name goes, I always feel like the respectful thing to do is call him whatever name they're supp- they're trying to go by because he's he's Gunther now. Got to got to call him that. That's his that's his new name. So uh, I try to always be respectful of whatever they're telling me to call him. That's what I call him. Uh, right. That so it was a mistake, Gunther. I'm sorry. Don't chop me. I don't. I don't think Ziggler was selling those chops. I think he was just getting chopped. <laughs> That's how it looked. But uh, uh, we get to the main event. Uh, we get a few promos before the main event. Uh, Cody says he likes being in the vulnerable position. Paul Heyman says Cody is the one that isn't ready in a banger of a promo. Uh, it's a tough matchup until the Usos come out to distract Cody. It's not enough though, as KO and Sammy come out to even the numbers. Crossroads, Cody remains unbeaten. Solo Sokoa does not. And uh, Justin, I think this was just, I don't know how long the plan was for Solo to take his first loss to Cody Rhodes, but I think this was just a beautiful way for him to take the first loss to build up to this match. What say you? Yeah, no, I agree. That's a bit, that's a big deal that he's been protected. He's been on TV every week for the last, you know, what, seven, eight months, and that he's been so protected to not take a loss, but it takes a loss to a guy who, you know, in six days time might be the new, you know, new world champion. Um, and I, and while we're praising solo and I kind of wanted to actually make this comment, but also phrase it into a question to Jimmy to see if I'm on the right page here. I, again, you're, 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 you're five days out from the first into mania. Um, you want to sell the stories, but as I alluded to earlier, you just want to get everybody, you want to deliver to the audience, this hot audience of Phoenix, a show. You also just, you just don't want anybody to get hurt. Because no. God forbid we got to hit the audible and pull a panic and, and one of the advertised matches can't happen. So I think it says something. And this is another layer, and I'm going to just toss it to Jimmy and tell me if it matters or not. I think there's a layer of relevancy here that solo who's only been on the main roster for not even a definitely not a full year like a half a year that they trust him to go out there and do a main event match with the number one baby face who's in the main event of mania who maybe is winning the world titles to not go out there and hurt him or make him look bad or whatever i think that says a lot about their trust and belief in solo to put him in that position because they because they, they could have avoided they could have done something they could have done a schmoz they could have advertised this and as Heyman says earlier bell could have rang solo doesn't care about a win he's just supposed to destroy cody it could have just been a lot of goo goo gaga usos come out and just get goo goo gaga whatever but they let solo and cody have a 10 minute match before it broke down and i think that says a lot about their trust and belief in solo no, you know, you're absolutely right. And, and and I couldn't have said it any better than that, that there is that trust factor there. And not only from the office, Dustin, ha- uh, Dustin, oh my goodness, uh, Cody, uh, what brother there. But Speaking Cody of Walter to- and Gunther. 
Yes. See, it's contagious. At least I got the right guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I went completely. Well, at least I got the the right family. Right family. Jimmy's on the Jimmy's on the wrong branch of the family tree. There you go. But that being said, Cody has to have the trust as well too, and you can't let it play in your mind because once you start overthinking stuff and say, "Hey." It's WrestleMania in five, six days. I got to be careful when I do this. I got to be careful. If you start thinking like that, that's when you get hurt mm-hmm. because you're overcompensating. Your, so just relax, take your time. And obviously, like you said, Justin, the people, the higher ups did have a lot of trust in him. And I'm sure uh, they they had to do a lot of talking to him because he's still a young guy. And just say, hey, obviously, we want you to take it easy with him. Don't hurt the guy. But at the same time, don't overthink this thing. Just go out there and do what you do best. If I was a wrestler, I'd have that conversation with my opponent before every match. Just take it easy. Don't hurt me. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do have a super chat from Veer saying, did the main event foreshadow Mania? Usos brawl with Sammy and KO while Solo avenges his defeat by costing Cody. Justin Labar, do you think that they might end WrestleMania with Cody losing because of solo. Uh, no. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there and we can do our predictions yeah. here soon. Yeah. And one, and one other little thing, a uh, uh, little, you talk about Heyman's promo was awesome, which it was off the hook. Yeah. But the little things after the match, after solo was pinned, they show a close up of Heyman at ringside and he's got his phone and he's talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently you think he's talking to Roman. Yes. Just little things like that just make it just I love that little. Yeah, he is so in the moment of what he's supposed to be doing. Paul Heyman is like he's he's so good. I'm such a big fan mm-hmm. of, of Paul and, Heyman. And let's and let's give a shout out to the uh to the Goodfellas spoof. Oh yes. Oh my goodness. That was and the I, best and one. I, and I and I tweeted a picture that's here in my man cave. You can go to my Twitter at Justin Lore, cheap plug. Um I have a piece in my man cave. It's one of my favorites. Uh, mm-hmm. You can check it out, and it's 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 a, a custom piece. Uh, I can't. I'm not going to describe it any better. But but mm-hmm. I, I love the movie, and I thought I just I love that the, the I, I've been anxiously awaiting. I knew that we knew that they shot this as one of the parodies, and uh, it was, it's certainly the one to hold for the the, the go home show. But it was it was great. And then if you watch the skit, Solo the whole time mm-hmm. as the laughing's going on. Solo does not laugh. He does not break <laughs> the stoic character that he is right i i yeah i love the whole thing i think it's the best one they did this year and it was all perfect and great but then when solo did say that he was funny i i chuckled (laughs) i like which is when you're by i was watching it by myself and by myself like i got i out like it was great it was just a perfect well done very cool i wish they did hollywood more often so they could do these kind of videos more often Mm -hmm. and have it make sense but these are these are just fun that was the best one we're gonna get into our predictions now and fellas this is the big stuff this is where it all comes down to this Um, everything's on record all you people out there all you people out there betting on yeah you're you're making your bets who's gonna win Mm -hmm. here it comes we're giving you our advice we're giving you our picks uh, well, before we do, we got a super chat from, of course, going by Majestic Marie now. Uh, WrestleMania predictions are cool and all, but I want to know if you think Eddie Kingston will be the new Ring of Honor champion. Much love to Triple J. You know what? Majestic Marie, for you, 
I'm going to pick Eddie Kingston. You guys got any uh, picks between Claudio or Eddie before we uh, move on to WrestleMania? Nah, I, I'm, I'm on a personal note. I'm, I'm, I'm personal friends, good friends with uh, Claudio. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, yeah, maybe Eddie would be. Claudio is great. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but at the same time, Eddie has this aura about him. Let's put it that way. And I love Claudio, and I know there's a lot of history between those two and their rivalry. But I guess I could see that Eddie's never been the top champion anywhere, really. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe him being that top champion in uh, in this new ROH in the new in this new era of ROH, maybe that would be a draw inside of of the bubble inside of the arena. People that are know that history, so. Tina, I, I'm potentially that would be maybe yeah. a, a potential big move to, to 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 do. Yeah, I I think that he could sell that brand really well. Obvi- for obvious reasons, he's great on the microphone. I wonder if Claudio will probably be more on dynamite, and they'll want to start separating those two brands a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but especially especially because we're seeing him more him and Moxley, and we the, the, they're making the Blackpool Combat Club more of a heel thing. So yeah, maybe he does serve you better on dynamite than than ROH. Well, let's get into our predictions. I put it on here because I thought it was going to be a WrestleMania match, so I'm just going to throw it in there. And by the way, in the chat, let us know who you think is going to win as we go through these. But just real quick prediction, uh, just we'll start with you, Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Um, I mean, I I, I can't help but again, just on the audible, if, if Lashley, I can't help but think that maybe they would go to Lashley just to you know to not have him be lost in the shuffle for Mania Week. Um, yeah so. yeah maybe so going lastly we got lastly in the in the chat bronson reed jimmy what say you i i was i was kind of leaning lashley but I, I, somebody <clears throat> excuse me who i'd like to see get a nice little rub off of this is someone like an la knight mm-hmm. i think he could use it more than a lashley yes lashley it kind of got lost in the shuffle here with the uh so-called match he was supposed to be a part of but at the same time, I don't know. Yeah. All right. I, I'll take that, Jimmy. I'll counter you. Okay. LA Knight wins the coveted Andre gold trophy Friday night. Mm-hmm. He makes his presence felt Saturday or Sunday to tout his trophy win, to celebrate, to cut a promo, and is interrupted by a Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we have a little battle of a, yeah, what? Yeah, what? Ah. I think well, L.A. Knight is my pick, by the way. I think L.A. Knight's the guy. Because, one, I didn't even think about that, Justin. I would, I would love to see Stone Cold cool. come out again, and I'd love to see L.A. Knight. And I think I, I definitely want Bobby Lashley to get some time, but I also feel like I could see L.A. Knight eliminating Bobby Lashley and causing mm-hmm. friction there, and then Bobby Lashley being upset about it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I want to give a quick shout-out, too, to Christopher Smith. Hey, chat. First-time chatter, long-time listener. Well, thank you for uh, joining in the chat, Christopher. Good to see you. Uh, or read you, I guess, uh, in this case. Um, <laughs> but uh, we move on. We got uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan versus Shotzi and Natalia versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville. Women's Fatal 4-Way. I'm going Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville on this one. I think they've got the most interesting kind of story building into it. And I'd love to see them get some momentum going. Jimmy, what about you? Um, I'm thinking uh, I'm almost going the obvious in this one. 
when I'm saying Rhonda and uh, Shayna Baszler? Because, mm-hmm. yes, uh, can you imagine uh, team complainer after this match, after something happens and they lose this, uh, they get uh, yeah, end up losing this? And let's say uh, team MMA, <laughs> yeah. for, lack of, for lack of a better term, get another team to submit, whoever it may be or whatever, however they win it. But it's not against either Sonia or Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Now they go into Adam Pierce's office and they're complaining, you put us in a fatal four-way, we didn't lose this match, yet we didn't get a chance to win it and whatever, you know, and, and go on and just become team complainer. Mm-hmm. That they're not getting a fair shake. So, uh, and Justin, what about you? Who do you think's taking this one? Yeah, I don't, it doesn't need to be Chelsea and Sonya because the fact that they lose, it just feeds into their storyline. They can complain, so they don't need it. I can see Jimmy's point about Ron and Shayna. I'm actually gonna go. I'm gonna try Liv and 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 Raquel because I think the two of them have the most potential right now as babyface breakout stars. They just need some credibility on, on a big stage with the eyes watching. And I do think the women's division. Look, we're relying on Trish and and Lita and the, and, and pairing them with Becky. I think we need some young blood in the female division that we can get the crowd behind. And I think the crowd is behind Liv and Raquel, two totally different. You know, Raquel's six foot, as big as some of the guys, tremendous back muscles. She does her, her pose. And then Liv's kind of got this underground swell that she has to her. I think there could be something to where if we got them a win, we could really utilize that in the babyface side of the fence uh, for the women's division. So I'm, I'm going to be different. I'm going to go with them. Okay. Interesting. This is a very split decision, by the way, of course, across the chat. We were seeing uh, the MMA girls, Rhonda and Shayna. We're seeing a lot of Raquel live. Um, seeing, yeah, Baszler and Rousey. So be interesting to see. I I think uh, the complainers are going to get the win, but we'll see. Uh, we get Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. This one is so tough to call. Jimmy, I'm going to let you go first. Um, I'm going to go with Dominic and I think the story here is going to be, you know, Ray teaching his son a lesson throughout this match and then gets this guilt feeling that he's doing this to his son on the grand stage because his son's dream was to be at WrestleMania and be a winner at WrestleMania. So he gets this guilty feeling and that ends up in some form or fashion costing him the match. Mm hmm. Justin, uh, do you agree? Uh, yeah, I, I do think that this is going to be uh, for Dominic to win. Um, we don't yet know, as I'm looking here, we don't yet know the night it's going to be on. So that could be key because I think, I think first off, this match, even though in storyline it's only been you know eight months, nine months, or whatever in the making, which is a pretty long time, relatively speaking, I think this has been years in the making. I think I think Ray's entire current contract has probably been I want to get my son, you know, I want to help make him. I think this is this is that. This is the culmination of that. Um the reason I mentioned which night is it on, if it's especially if it's an opposite night, if it's on the different if it's on the other night that Rhea does not have her match with Charlotte, I think how fitting would it be? Rhea and Dom just kind of took off, right? The whole mommy poppy thing. Mm-hmm. It would be very fitting to kind of piggyback off what Jimmy was saying. Ray's teaching his son a lesson, and then 
what if Rhea physically uses her power to do something to Ray? Uh, I think there's something there, but I think at the end of the day, the only answer here is Dom's got to win, mm-hmm. and it's going to piss the crowd off, and that's exactly what you want. But I'm I'm putting Dom 100% as the victor in this. Yeah, my heart says, and I feel like the story says Ray should win, but I think you hit the nail on the head, Justin. I may I, I try not to overthink it and get into like the the weeds of the backstage stuff, but. I just can't imagine Ray saying, "Yeah, I want to beat Dom at WrestleMania." You know, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, imagine, imagine, you know, there's a, you know, there's a ref bump, and Rhea just delivers her finisher to Ray, which she could do, by the way. Yeah, I mean, such again, chicken shit heel heat that Dom helps Dom beats his father with the help of Rhea. But it's so fitting because the mommy poppy thing has really took off with the crowd. So it, it just I, it just feels like that would be the right thing to do. Yep, I, I agree. Um, so then we get into um, the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens undisputed <laughs> WWE Tag Team Championship. Justin, this may be the main event of, of night one. I think it would be a good one. By the way, everyone in the chat seemed to be rolling with Dom on that one. Uh, who do you got, though? Is this the end of the longest tag team title reign? And I don't know the stat, but it's got to be up there. I, it should be. Because I, I, I can't see another situation where, after all these hundreds of days, that you're going to form a better opponent for the Usos that's going to give as much satisfaction out of, uh, you know, out of beating them. I, I just don't see it. You know, we, the Usos are fault. They fault, you know, Montez and Dog. They, they they fault everybody. You have Owens and Zayn, and then you had the backstory of all the complications of Zayn, the bloodline. I, I think maybe even more so than Roman and Cody, which we'll get to. Maybe even more so. If you don't have the Usos, if you don't have the Usos lose here, that might be the biggest missed opportunity to make their title change mean something. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. I have Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens winning this one uh, because, yeah, much to Justin's point, if they lose and then at Backlash, Usos lose to the Street Profits, all respect to the Street Profits, you'd be like, oh, okay. That was kind of <laughs> whatever. But, uh, Jimmy, do you agree or do you think that maybe the Usos hold on to it and uh, leave WrestleMania as champions? I mean, you could kind of make a case for them leaving as champions because of this long reign and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, like you guys said, missed opportunities. And right now, there's nobody hotter uh, than Sami Zayn is just just on fire right now. And Kevin Owens is hotter than you know what. And I, I, let's make it unanimous. I, I, I pick them. And, and I have to say that uh, I've had this discussion before where does this match close out night one i think if there is a title change here it has to close out night one because I, it, it, it because going into night two which we know the main event is going to be cody and roman it makes it that much more enticing um yeah i agree and it looks like everyone pretty much agrees too uh, that it looks like sammy and ko are going to get the win based on what everyone is predicting anyways um a few a few uh contrarians but for the most part same across the board 
we get speaking of tag teams, we get the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders versus Ricochet and Braun Strowman in a fatal four-way showcase. Uh, maybe the one that doesn't have the most chatter going about it, but it'll probably be one of those really fun ones. I'm going to go on this one. I'm picking one I don't think a lot of people are going to pick, but the uh, Viking Raiders, I think, get the win here. And the reason I think they get the win here is because I think Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to win the titles, and they are a perfect first defense to have, and this is a perfect way to heat them up for that. And that's really the logic of my reasoning there. Uh, Jimmy, do you agree or disagree? No, uh, you, you, it's almost like you read my notes. Uh, I did much because because <laughs> again, yes, we're we're going to have to do the rematch with the Usos if if they lose the titles to uh, KO and uh, and Sammy. But at the same time, you're going to need the next opponents, and you need a viable heel team. And the Viking Raiders are that viable heel team. Yep. yep. Uh, what about you, Justin? Yeah, clean sweep. Because all that said, you need you need a good solid heel team to challenge if we're going to have a, a new babyface tag team and uh ford and dawkins again I, I think we've all might agree there's not a genetti in this situation we're not going to have a barbershop window but there might be a point to split them up here soon um stroman and ricochet just kind of feels like just a pairing that's just mm -hmm. convenient now uh and then you know alpha academy gable and otis uh, i think we all know there's those uh, otis otis is already being pulled apart so there's a story there so i, I agree i think the viking raiders this would be the time to have them get this victory on WrestleMania. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, so Viking Raiders across the board. I thought I was going to be the contrarian. A lot of people in the chat mm -hmm. say street profits, uh, some for Viking Raiders as well. Um, and uh, oh, yeah. One thing I didn't say during the, the match tonight that they had the eight man tag uh, hats off to Angelo Dawkins uh, showing off the last couple of weeks that uh, he can go. Yes, Angelo Dawkins, Dawkins can go. He's definitely not the Janetti here. Stephen Camp with an interesting prediction. RKO and Riddle come back in this match. Um, but uh, I think one or both of them come back after Mania. Maybe we're all, but I don't think it's tag team. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see a lot of returns in that way. Um, but next matchup, Jimmy, this one's going to you. It's a slapper uh, Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. See, I know a lot of people are saying this is a good way to get the Intercontinental Championship off of Gunther and put it on someone like a Sheamus who has never won the Intercontinental Championship or maybe even a Drew McIntyre. This is a way to get it off him because a lot of people, some people aren't feeling it. Let's put it that way. I think it's working him as a dominant figure with his lackeys. For, for lack of a better term. Sorry about that. but mm -hmm. And you can get a story out of this where Gunther retains because either Drew causes the pinfall on, on uh, Sheamus or Sheamus causes the pinfall on, on Drew, and those two can go off and have their rivalry afterwards. And then you can, you can develop a, another um, challenger for the Intercontinental Champion, Gunther. So I'm going to say that Gunther retains here. Justin, do you agree? Hesitantly, yes. I'm hesitant because I think Gunther retains, but I think Gunther is a big part of the of the of the next calendar year of being a challenger on the world title picture. But I don't think it's immediate. But I think the fact that he you know, he's Austrian, uh, you know, they're going to go to they're going to go over to Europe for money in the bank. Um, yeah, obviously, 
I, I he's I think he retains because it's not time yet. So I'm gonna say Gunther retains, but I'm watching for when he is gonna lose it in the next six months because I think he is somebody who you look at who could be a real heel challenger for the world title. Um, so I'm gonna say he retains, but keep your eye on what's happening soon with him. I think big things are on the way for Gunther as well. I think he loses though. I'm I'm caught up in the hype train for Sheamus finally collecting all the titles. I'm in the I'm big into that. I I'm super excited for him. I hope he does it. So I don't know if it's me hoping a lot that he wins or if I really think he's going to win, but I'm going to give it to Sheamus here. I think this is his moment. Uh, and I think Gunther is quickly bumped up to that world title scene. Uh, and we'll get into that in a little bit because I don't want to tip my hand on predictions. But you mentioned Money in the Bank, Justin. I have a feeling Gunther is going to be the guy challenging for the title at that show. Um, but see, uh, I, see, I tend to lean towards LA Knight. I think it, I think he'll be in the. I think LA Knight will be Money in the Bank match, and Gunther will challenge for the title at. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. It's a good problem to have when you start to have this many viable options. Yes. Uh, so then we get to, uh, speaking of options, we got another matchup for you here. Uh, Justin, this one goes to you first. It's one that should be interesting. We've got Edge versus Finn Balor, Hell in a Cell. Um, and, and he all, without bluntly saying it, He's going to be the demon version of himself, which mm-hmm. is a great call here. Um, I think Finn Balor should win this. I think he should, but I think Edge will. So on my betting line, I'm putting Edge. Yep, I. But I don't, but I don't agree with it necessarily. I think that um, I get what you're saying, Justin, but I think I'm going with Finn Balor. I just feel like they've got more juice with him. They can do more with him. And I think a, a loss kind of stunts Finn Balor where I don't really know where edge is going right now anyways. So I don't know if a, if a loss would hurt him that much. Uh, so I'm going with the demon Finn Balor and the reignition of the unstoppable demon in the process. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think? I think, uh, to Justin's point, I don't know if uh, I, I'm going with Edge for a different reason because if this is the ending of their rivalry, I don't know if it is because usually a Hell in the Cell match is a culmination of and, and the end of a rivalry. He still Edge really hasn't got his retribution for what they did to his wife and the babyface. When you end uh, a, a rivalry like this, has to get his, you know, his his dude. Yeah, his due desserts. Uh, is that the right? Uh, just desserts. just desserts. Yeah. Okay. And that's the only reason I could pick for picking Edge here. And again, demon versus the devil. And I know there's people out there speculating and who might show up for Edge. Uh, we'll see what happens. But at the same time, they are in that closed environment, and I kind of have a feeling that Edge will come out on top. Uh, you mentioned that we got a super chat from Brian Barry with the question. Is Gangrel really going to be in Edge's entrance? Uh, Justin, you have to know that for a fact. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm going to... um, I think that would be a great touch. If it does. 
We'll see. Uh, I think this would be a great way to start night two. Mm-hmm. Ah. I agree. I think so as well. So um, we continue on, by the way, and we get to a match I'm looking forward to, and that is Seth Rollins versus the greatest celebrity professional wrestler in the history of the business, Logan Paul. And I'm going with Seth Rollins. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just, um, I could go either way. I keep changing my mind on this, but I just think Seth Rollins has taken way too many losses and he's too hot right now to keep giving losses to. Uh, but Jimmy, what do you think? No, I agree. For all the reasons you stated and also going into this match, uh, Logan Paul has gotten the better of him mm-hmm. it, yeah. pretty much every time going in. So that, that tells me that uh, because I don't see a long-term story with Logan Paul happening. So I think this is where Seth Rollins gets his, his revenge. Yeah. Two weeks, three weeks after mania. I don't think Logan Paul is going to be there. I think it's more important to give Seth the win. Uh, Cause again, Seth, he's going to be a top baby face. He could be, you know, He's going to be crucial to their spring and summer plans. Uh, but I do think this match, they will figure out some way. Again, whether it's Logan Paul going live, uh, whatever, they're going to figure out a way to be uh, to be the viral moment of the weekend. Yeah, I, I'm going to have so much fun with that match. Um, I'm going to have to find wherever Issa's sitting. And uh, during that match, make sure I go. The number one celebrity wrestler. <laughs> um, but speaking of celebrities who also wrestle, our next matchup here, John Cena versus Austin Theory, WWE United States Championship on the line. Jimmy, this is an interesting one. It, it's a spicy one. What? Who do you think wins this one? It's interesting because you can make the argument that Cena would be a, you know, a good U.S. champion temporarily because of his stature right now, the crossover superstar that he is. But at the same time, this is the opportunity to elevate Austin Theory. You heard him tonight. He's he's, a, he's really good on the mic, and he generates a lot of heat. This is an opportunity to elevate him and the United States Championship. And with someone like John Cena at the helm of that, the, the, this could be really huge for him. So uh, I'm picking Austin Theory in this. How about you, Justin? You agree? I do. I, I think I think if this match has been in pen for however many months on the card, I think the finish has been in pen. I think the finish has and always will be Austin Theory's beating John Cena. That's the point of this. Is John look, John, I was there in New Orleans a couple years ago. John squashed the Undertaker. Um, John Cena, you know, he is the he is the Hogan of this era in terms of, his, of of what he's meant to the company. I think it's absolutely without a doubt him losing and putting over Austin Theory. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say I think John Cena is going to win and be your new United States champion one more time. I think it's a tough one, and I think that. I think Austin Theory gives us one of those gutsy performances that make Oof. us start to like him, and then we get a rematch maybe at Backlash or something. And, and so John's Theory so gets- John's gonna go to Puerto Rico and do a rematch with Theory. Oh. You think it, you think it's tough to get a guy to go to Puerto Rico for the weekend? Wow. Come on, 
I'd go to Puerto Rico for I might I might get a ticket just to go. Oh, <laughs> well, you got another seat you can stay with Isa. Uh, yeah, yeah well, there you go. go. <laughs> I just ooh, well, that, I mean, that, but that, then I'd have to make the trip with my ref shirt. So uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a call. That's a that's a prediction if you think John's gonna beat theory for that. Listen, if you had picked John Cena to win every match he's ever had through his whole career, you'd do all right. So I'm gonna stick with that thought. I call it the old Tom Brady. You'll you just pick Tom Brady every time. You'll be okay. Uh, but we will see how it plays out. Uh, I'm going to give you the, the first one here, Justin. Becky Lynch and Lita and Trish Stratus versus Damage Control. Uh, I'm, I'm betting against Damage Control. I just, like I said, I don't buy into them. So I'm going to go Becky. Um. Yeah, this is a tough one. I think I'm just going to go Becky, too. I think it's going to be one of those feel-good, see the heroes win. Uh, Jimmy, you think there's anything more to add to nope. it? I think you're. I think we're unanimous across the board, and I know a lot of people out there are saying, well, I could see Trish turning. I don't see that happening. If, I, if there's a split anywhere, it's going to be on the other side. I think damage control maybe uh, has a little issue. Mm-hmm. So... We go to Brock Lesnar versus Omos. Uh, and I am, I've always said, I am the head broccoli in the Brock flock. So I will always back my boy, Brock Lesnar. I think we've talked about it already on this show. When he hits the F5 on Omos, it's going to make the world go nuts. And I think Brock needs a good win. I'm going Brock Lesnar. Jimmy, can Brock hit the F5 on Omos? Uh, I'm sure he can, but will he? That's the question here. And the tough thing is, like we talk about getting over without going over. This is, and again, an opportunity for Omos to be elevated. And I don't know if this is the right time for him to lose a match, especially at his, especially when you're trying to elevate him. Yes, it is Brock Lesnar. It's not like he's losing to, you know. Right. Uh, Bobby Lashley. That was last oh. year. Ooh, wow. That's a Anyways. good one, too. Yeah, but uh, he needs a big win if they're going to treat him like the giant that they, it looks like they are treating him as. Do you agree, Justin? Do we got another sweep? I'm going to go with Brock as the winner. There's going to be the moment, the moment they want to capture that he gets the seven-foot-three Nigerian giant up and does an F5. I'm gonna go with that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna extend this out. I think Brock is the winner of this match. I don't think Omas stays down post match. I think Brock gets the one, two, three. In the record books, he beats Omas. But I think the giant comes back after an F five and does something to Brock. And so he's the one standing tall at the end of the night. I uh, think, I think to, to Jimmy's point of not going to, you know, get over without going over. It, it makes the most logical sense that Brock wins the match. And, and if Brock is on his final year or years, you still want to keep his credibility up to make sure that he's, he, he matters to whomever you're asking him to rub to. But I think, there could still be something big on he does one or two or three F5s to get the giant down, wins, we show the replays, yada, yada, but then the giant just rises up behind him 
and choke slams him or something to where mm-hmm. you're tuning in Monday, you're like, Omas is legit because that's what you ultimately need. Yes, agreed. So that'll be, we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. We got uh, Bianca Belair versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. I am backing Asuka in this one. Uh, it's been kind of a straightforward rivalry here, but I, I feel like we need some fresh, something fresh in the Raw Women's World Title scene. I think Asuka can help get us there. So I'm going with Asuka. Jimmy, do you agree? Uh, I agree that maybe we need a little freshener in the Raw Women's scene, but not not Asuka, not yet. I think Bianca Belair. There's still time to to. Uh, continue to elevate her and the championship and uh, a big win and a great match against Oscar could help do that. Wow. So we're split. Justin, who's, who's taking it? Pardon me says Oscar because she's gotten such a reaction on the crowd, but I'm going to side with Jimmy. I feel like at the end of the day, I'm not going to strap Oscar with that title because I don't, she gets a reaction, but I don't, the, the, the communication and the, the connection is not as rock solid as what Bianca's is. And when you watch the video packages that they did of each lady tonight, Bianca has a lot more of a relatable video package. This is a face versus face situation. They're rare, but when they do do them, they do them at Mania. And when you go face versus face, I got to always say, who can the audience relate to more? You can relate more to Bianca. So I'm going to say Bianca. Interesting. So then we go to the other women's championship. Charlotte Flair defends against Rhea Ripley. Jimmy, you get the first crack at this one. Who's uh, who's winning that powerhouse I, matchup? Well, when you talk about time, when someone's time has come, I think Rhea's time is here. We know that Charlotte is one of the best, if not the best women on the planet right now um, in the ring. So, but uh, she's also a, they, they made a point of mentioning 14 time world champion. Tonight, and I'm wondering this, you know, is her ending up tying her father for most world championships? And I think John Cena, too. Is John Cena 16 as well? They're both yeah. 16, yeah. Yeah, but not, and Charlotte being someone who doesn't want to surpass her father, but I can see her uh, losing the championship to Rhea. I think Rhea's time is now, and not mm-hmm. much more I can say than she's a, she's a star. She is yeah. a star. Yeah, Justin, uh, I think we're all in the same boat as far as where Rhea Ripley's headed, but uh, what's your prediction for WrestleMania? Rhea, 101%. Yep, I agree. Rhea Ripley, this just feels like... This is the the curse of... um, A a football podcast I listen to, Dave Damashak, has this thing he calls the curse of Sposta, which means you're supposed to win. She's supposed Mm -hmm. to win. And that means if she doesn't, it's going to be a horrible thing. Come on, you're supposed to win. Any case, uh, Rhea Ripley, I mm-hmm. I would be shocked if she didn't win uh, here. Mm-hmm. But we get to the main event, the one that I think a lot of folks are eagerly awaiting and surprisingly more split than I would have expected, considering all things considered. But, Justin, I'm going to start with you here. Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes. WWE undisputed universal championship. Who wins it? Prior to January, it would have been hard to sell me on Roman losing at mania. And that's on the basis of maybe Roman has a match with the rock. 
and the rock does the job to his family and the ultimate rub but since cody has come back at rumble and they managed to delicately handle the cody sammy let's make sure the fans cheer for them both and they did it perfectly and Rody just ha- Cody just has Cody has the fans on he's they're the screaming the entrance music they're they're there this is it Cody Rhodes fulfills the Rhodes legacy this is it mm-hmm. I don't know what happens with the titles there's still two physical straps I don't know how that happens that's tune in next week, but uh, Cody versus Roman. Cody gets the one, two, three, and I don't think you're not. You have to. You have to harness lightning in a bottle. The lightning is there. If you wait three more months, six more months, so oh, let's wait till SummerSlam in Detroit. Let's wait till Money in the Bank in London. Let's wait till Backlash in Puerto Rico. If you try, I don't know. Right now, the people want it. Give it to them now. Cody Rhodes. I see a lot of people saying that, you know, they want to see Roman go to a thousand. They want to see Roman win. I loved the Roman Reigns reign. I consider it one of the best uh, of all time. And I agree with you, Justin. I think that this is the right moment. Cody is the right guy. And I would go so far as to say there should be zero shenanigans in the way it plays out. I know a lot of people are saying, what if so-and-so gets involved and blah, none of that should happen. This needs to be the classic clash of good versus evil. The, the story of Cody, the dynasty of Roman Reigns, one-on-one we need a clean finish it's wrestlemania and i think that this needs to be the coronation of the next chapter of the face of wwe and i think it's cody rhodes and i don't think i think if you miss this you will find yourself in a situation where you break the first rule of all entertainment and that is leave them wanting more you want people to leave roman reigns title reign wanting more you don't want them to feel like okay now we gotta wait till SummerSlam gotta happen now i think this is the time cody rhodes with the win jimmy what do you say um it's a unanimous decision here i i I agree i think this is the right time you can't miss this opportunity to um to take advantage of this situation like like you guys said cody is a hot commodity right now they built him up perfectly he had that you know, great comeback last year at WrestleMania. Then he got injured and the whole bit. And the story since his comeback from from uh, from the injury and the surgery and, and coming back at the Royal Rumble and so forth, you can't miss this opportunity. And like you, like you said, Justin, you're doing it at Backlash, doing it down the road at SummerSlam, just will have not the same gravitas as it would happening at WrestleMania on the biggest stage, on the biggest platform. And like you said, Jack, I would prefer it to go without any shenanigans. Unfortunately, there's a lot of players in the game. Maybe we see some attempted shenanigans and you have your new tag team champions helping to uh, ease the situation. And uh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe since they're in California, we 
you know, you talked about the rock possibly showing up. I don't see him showing up, but maybe another family member, like a father figure shows up and says to someone like a solo, you stay out of this. Roman mm -hmm. is uh, Roman thinks he's the head of the family or the head of the table. Let him handle his business by himself or something like that. That are you, would be, are, you, are you hinting at Rikishi? Uh, no. Well, uh, a father figure. Uh, so who's, uh, who's, a uh, you know, up there now, one of the, uh, Alpha yeah, uh, something Alpha like that. Chica, yeah. Yeah. Or uh, even a, or even a King Tonga. I don't care. Anybody. That would be, that would actually be Jimmy. I love it. I, that's probably my favorite, uh, idea for someone getting involved. I've heard is they're out there, they come down and then they come out there and say, no, 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 no. That would actually be very, that'd be very cool because the whole story of Roman is the family. So if, Mm -hmm. Sika comes out and says, no, 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 or whoever you can't get involved. And then Roman's like, oh my God, I'm stuck out here by myself. I'm on an Island mm -hmm. by myself. You could say, well, that's why I said Rikishi because, because Rikishi is the dad of both the Usos and solo. So I thought him, but yeah, then it's, um, I forget which one is Roman's father. If it's Alpha or Sika, I think it's Sika. Mm. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't remember if it's Alpha or Sika. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, but there's there is a ton of potential. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, we all agree this is the time. Cody, is, you're yeah. not going to come up with a better baby face right now to to dethrone Roman. No. No. So. And it'll. I, I feel like if you miss this moment, it's going to hurt later. You know. I it, I, I relate cool. this. Sorry, Jack, to cut you off. Yeah. I relate this to. Um, pre-pandemic when Brock was when Brock was the champion and he only fought select times a year he, he was in the you know in the in the, the the midst of the suplex city era and Braun Strowman Braun had I felt like Braun had that lightning in a bottle feeling mm -hmm. and I thought he should have been the one to beat Brock and they never did that's what I feel now is you've you got this other baby face and Cody. It's all there. The story, the story is even better. Do it now. Cause if you don't do it now, you've missed the opportunity. Yep. So that's our, uh, those are our predictions. Uh, let us know, uh, if you're watching this later, let us know in the comments who your predictions are for the winners. I'd love to see what you guys think. Uh, also, by the way, if you're watching, thank you so much for sticking around, like comment, share, subscribe, as I always like to say, uh, before we sign off, we give everyone a roll call shout out. Justin, where can the world find you online and all the things uh, you're doing? Yeah, at Justin Labar. I'll be back Wednesday to talk about Dynamite. And then Saturday, Mania, Night 1 of Mania. Sunday, Night 2 of Mania. Monday, Raw After Mania. I'll be there for all of them. I, I know Jimmy will be with me. I think we're all three. So mm -hmm. it's going to be a fun, fun week uh, here live on the Wrestling Podcast. And Jimmy, how about yourself? Where can the world find you? Like Justin said, I'll be here Monday. I'll be here Wednesday after Dynamite. Uh, looks like I'm uh, subbing on Friday after the SmackDown deal again this week, like I did last Friday. And after Mania, after Mania, and again next Monday. <laughs> and you can catch me on Wednesdays on the Reffin' It Up podcast with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner. This week, we have the Olympic gold medalist, former Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle, the one who won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. It's true. Yeah. It's damn true. I think if you win a gold medal, you're always a gold medalist. Kind of like president. Like mm -hmm. you're always president. People always say president so and so once you've mm -hmm. once you've done I, that. I guess I, I don't want to argue with them, so I don't know. Right. I better get it right. <laughs> uh, 
Well, you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. I am here in Los Angeles, so I'm going to be doing all of the different uh, wrestling things going on here. So if you see me, come say hello. Let's grab a, a photo together. I love chatting with you guys in person. Uh, if you're not, you can always look for me on TV. I'm going to be uh, doing commentary for Santino Bros. California Love to kick off the GCW Collective on Thursday, March 30th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. You can find it at Fight TV if you want to watch it live and hear my voice talking over some pro wrestling. Uh, but I'm also going to be at all the other shows. I'm going to try to go to the Ring of Honor show. I'm going to both Nights of Mania. I'm going to go to... Um, the uh, uh, I don't know, there's another show. I got a bunch of them lined up. I'm gonna be at Wally Mania if you're there, come roll through there. I'm gonna go to the after raw show or the raw after two where my voice will be absolute garbage, but I'm gonna try to get through it. So if you're in town, come see me uh, and say hello. That should be a good time. Uh, follow at Wrestling Inc. for all the coverage, though. Uh, everyone in the chat, uh, Ricky, Dylan, Doc, K uh, Kite High, Tommy O. Uh, and so many more. Adam, Dream Realm Studios, Jason S., Stephen Camp, uh, Majestic Marie, uh, and then we've got uh, Dylan and Ricky and the Nerds Delight Podcast and everyone else. Eric Lee, thank you guys so much for joining us. It's been a long one, so make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, share with your friends, and again, leave your predictions in the comments below. I always like to take a look at those. That does it for us, and we will see you guys next time. <laughs>